0: don't need you guys to call in now, but I would like a reminder because I don't want to catch any flack from Fiddy, and I'm supposed to give away Hornets tickets at the end of this segment, and sometimes I forget. Now, it's been a while, but sometimes I forget, and so please, in 10 minutes, text us via the Garage Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610, and I will give away Hornets tickets to the Magic game on Sunday. So that's when they're going to be at home again. Ooh. They're going to be playing tonight against the Pistons. <laughs> and then they're going to be <laughs> back at home on Sunday against the Orlando Magic. Perhaps you want to see Paolo Boncaro. Oh, the yeah, The number yeah, one yeah, overall that is. pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm... So it would be a great game to go to. I
2: love Charlotte Paolo.
0: Hornets, our partner. Please text us and let us know. 704-570-9610. get his me.
2: shoes when he has them.
0: Paolo is awesome. I hope they're ah.
2: Oh, I sound like Fabo when I do that. You know Fabo? <laughs> I don't think so. He was in D4L that did Laffy Taffy. Oh, Atlanta okay. Legend.
0: The answer, yes, I definitely yeah. know. Laffy Taffy and D4L.
2: All right, Fiddy, <laughs> what's the breaking
0: news?
1: All right, I know we're supposed to come back here and talk some Panthers, but this is pretty significant news coming out of the NBA. According to uh, Sham Sarania and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Brooklyn Nets all-star Kyrie Irving has requested a trade before next week's trade deadline. Uh, He prefers to be moved before February 9th, or he has told them he is leaving in free agency. And I don't know if this directly impacts the Horns because they're not going to trade for Kyrie, but maybe the Nets become another trade partner that they could help move Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward's contract Mm. in a three-team deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see no, it. So, 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 my, my
0: first thoughts on whoa. this before we get to some Charlotte Hornets connections—it's it, all I can see the wheels turning in Wes's head. As it's like, a, whoa, whoa! It seems like you're watching a, a movie, an yeah. exciting movie with all of this from the
2: reality shows that Fitty gives me grief
0: for. Me. Well, here's the thing with Kyrie: you listen, whether you listen to podcasts, whether you watch NBA shows, whether you're checking out Brooklyn local radio, whatever. Kyrie had not had any incident in a couple of months. It was the quietest that we have seen or heard from Kyrie in quite some time. And Kyrie's been balling. Like, if you actually take a look at what he's been doing here recently, he's been fantastic. But remember, at the beginning of the season, when you would hear, like, trade value, when you would ask the question what you would be willing to give up to go get Kyrie Irving, the discussion was like... "I." I don't know what to give up. It, it would be so hard because I don't know when Kyrie is going to sit out. I don't know when he's going to have any drama. Like this is what it is with Kyrie Irving at every stop, Cleveland, Boston, Brooklyn, every single franchise. And so to me, what's funny is the fact that he requested a trade hurts his trade value. <laughs> like, because think about another team who sees Kyrie a part of their future as a contender. That means you're going to have to give up something of real value. Hey, if this is going to give us some contention in the NBA finals, then great. Let's go out and get Kyrie. But the problem is, if you are going to trade for him and give up something of real value, and then he's just going to want to leave the franchise or cause some drama within the first six months he's there, then would you want to go after him anyway? Especially if you aren't going to win a championship? Man, this one—that—that's a hard value to gauge. Like, I don't know how to measure all of it.
2: I'm sure LeBron probably walked in Genie Buss's office, slammed mm-hmm. his arms on the desk, and said, "Get this done, okay?" So he's going to be a free agent. So he'll probably enter that NBA stratosphere of fifty million next year or something wild like that. But as it stands right now, we're talking thirty-six million. I mean. If you are the Hornets, do you have any reason to do this? I mean, you do get Kyrie on an expiring contract. You would fill up the seats probably for the rest of the season with him and LaMelo. And if you look at the salaries, I mean, he's making 36. You have Gordon at 30. They ha- The Nets would actually have to throw in some pieces to-, to match salaries if they did this. But it could be a salary dump for the Hornets. I'm just making things up here. No, no, go. no. It's, it's a good point, yeah. Gordon makes 30. Terry makes 21. So the Nets would probably want some combination of, like, maybe Plumlee, Terry. Let's say they want Plumlee, Terry. I mean, but- if they wanted Gordon. That would be big salary. They'd have to match salaries a lot because Gordon makes 30. Terry makes 21. Mace makes nine.
0: Well, so, I mean, so, look, if you're Matt – All salary filler. Gordon Hayward gets you there pretty immediately on maybe some kind of rookie scale deal. I don't have the ESPN trade machine in front of me. But really, Gordon, it's either Gordon and loose change or it's Terry Rozier, Plumlee, something like that. Mm -hmm. And whatever, right? Just salary filler. It doesn't really matter. They
2: could help the Nets.
0: Well, it absolutely could. But, But this is the whole point about how to measure what Kyrie Irving truly brings. Do you... Do you care more about creating cap space and just getting off of the Gordon Hayward contract, or do you care about getting some assets for Gordon Hayward in return? And, and here's why, man, as, as crazy as it may sound, I would rather have Gordon Hayward on the books this offseason. And here's why, before I get a bunch of angry texts, because I do think that a $30 million salary in an expiring contract like Kyrie's is going to be valuable next season. And so instead of having Kyrie as the returning party, why don't you try to get picks as the returning party, right? Mm-hmm. Because the Brooklyn Nets, if they trade Kyrie, they're going to try to sell the Hornets or any other team as, well, we're giving you an awesome player. We don't need to attach any picks to this. What are you talking about? Yeah. So in the end, how much does it help the Hornets trading for Kyrie? And in reality, you're not going to get to the play-in. You're not going to get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So he leaves because I'm I'm sure Kyrie is not demanding a trade to Charlotte. Okay,
2: like he's he's demanding a trade. Now at this point, though, something else to ponder. Okay, what are you pondering? I'm getting my philosophy teacher sh- stroking my beard as I think about this.
0: Your philosophy teacher is stroking your beard because that's weird. No, no, you're stroking. I said I'm your own getting beard. my philosophy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just wanted to clear um,
2: that up. <laughs> what if? He's in a position now where a contender doesn't want to touch him because he is so volatile.
0: Well, I think the Lakers
2: probably are going to be the one, as you mentioned. LeBron's the only one, but I don't think they get the deal done because they won't come off the first-round pick. So Kyrie is saying he's going to leave
0: for nothing after this. Yeah. And so Brooklyn might feel the pressure to try to capitalize on something in return, right? And so if you're the Lakers and Russell Westbrook is there to be had. And also what could
2: they offer him? Because Brooklyn is a championship contender. But but you would still attach those picks I think. I I mean because Kyrie for Russell that's That's what I'm saying if you are Brooklyn you want something that's going to help you in return. No it's it's a fair point
0: but if if the if the Lakers are willing to give up the 2025 and 27 first round picks that's a big old haul. Like that's a, that's a good bit especially because the Lakers aren't going to be good those years. But I don't those know if crazy that, valuable.
2: But I but I but I want some players that are going to help me because the Nets want to win it this year, and they can win it this they're They're capable of winning it this year. I know the injuries, I've hurt them with KD, but he's going to be back eventually. Yeah, that's a good point. But this Nets team is sitting there in fourth as we speak. They're going to want some players that are going to help them right now. I don't think Russell Westbrook does that. So that's why I don't think that deal is going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's all from the Brooklyn point of view. You know, the other interesting team has been Dallas because you see the way that they completely fumbled the bag with Jalen Brunson. I mean, mm-hmm. they should have just extended him before it got to the offseason. The Knicks came in and tampered, but mm-hmm. whatever, they got the deal done and Dallas should have extended Jalen Brunson before he left. And he's playing. He's, he's awesome right now for the Knicks. So do you trade? I don't know whatever, whatever kind of deal you could scrum up and and maybe a Christian would maybe, you know, some of the bigger contracts, right? Like the whole point of salary filler. So can you see Kyrie playing alongside Luca to try to put them over the hump? That's an interesting franchise to look at. But, but again, if you're Dallas and you already, you are tasked with putting the best possible roster around Luca, like it, Dallas has a, has the same problem. Charlotte does except way more magnified mm-hmm. because Luca is out here as an MVP award winner potentially. Mm-hmm. So you have to give a team to him that he can really win with. Does Kyrie do that one? And two, if you have to give up so much, including picks and then Kyrie just decides to leave. And let's say those two don't get along, which is very possible because mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and Kyrie are best friends right now. So yeah, I, I got a yeah. place where where, where's he going? Atlanta. Oh man, they got so many For headaches.
2: Because Trey Young's been having issues with that staff. Now it's like, do you want to trade one headache for another? But I'm sure, like I said, because the Nets are going to want somebody that may not be quite Kyrie, but they want a championship-level piece in return because they feel like they're contending rightfully. So you replace Kyrie Irving with Trey Young, you're still on track for that. I think that's a good place he could go. You could almost do a even swap as far as salary and all that. All that stuff goes well.
0: You're I, if you're Atlanta, you traded up, or excuse me, you did have Dallas trade up to go get Luka, and now you're absolutely losing that battle in the Luka Trey Young sweepstakes, right? As far as that race, I don't think you're giving up Trey Young for Kyrie Irving and not having any picks. You can't do a trade up, so Atlanta, I would destroy Atlanta for it, like it, because what what is Atlanta doing with Kyrie instead of Trey?
2: And that's what I'm saying. They could be just looking to blow it up.
0: That would be, I, I mean, imagine Hawks it. fans would be completely angry.
2: Over yeah, but that. I mean, at 26 and 20, and I'm not saying for your perspective, I'm just saying for Hawks fans, what are they mad about? They're a play-in team. They're 26 and 26. But you already traded
0: three first-round picks to go get DeJounte. Like, you can't. Mm, you, that's true. You can't, you can't do that with,
2: with just the spot between could, Kyrie Irving. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, Clippers. I don't think they do it, but that's a that's a possibility. Yeah, Clippers could be. They have, interesting. They, they could give back the return they're looking for. Um, uh, Phoenix, what if they just wanted to? Oh, that could be interesting. But I <laughs> Chris Paul gets hurt a lot though. But what if? KD was like, you know, bring CP. We need that leadership at the point guard. I think he might have enough in the tank to make this run. Maybe. I'm just throwing stuff
0: out here. Yeah, no, Phoenix, I mean, it's going to be tough, but we'll see. Kyrie Irving demanding a trade, not demanding, requesting is the word here from Sham Sharania. Kyrie Irving. What about
2: fit the Knicks?
0: Would you like to see Kyrie Irving in a Knicks uniform? Hell no. I didn't think so. (laughs) Because, I mean, think about what you would have to trade, just matching salaries. You've got,
2: I mean, Decent contracts, yeah. 7 4 is a bad Brooklyn's going to be but. looking for something though, to help them. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But I do think the Hornets have can put together a package that could help them as well.
0: All right, I did want to get to some text, 704-570-9610. People were writing about favorite Jordan moments. With this being Jordan Day, two three two three, The bagel guy is texting in and being lame. He likes the Michael Jordan conversation. We appreciate you for that. But he said, please stop. MJ didn't need to switch hands. But here's the thing. He did. And it was amazing. You're right. He did not have to dodge a hand and switch the basketball from his right to his left. That's fine. But the fact that he did it in midair, it was awesome. OK, and so that's why I put Michael Jordan's memory up there with the best. I of got to go. do
2: you have a besides shoes? Do you have a favorite piece of Michael Jordan merch like posters and stuff? Like I remember the oh, when it the one where he was doing the dunk that he did. Um, from the side, and one of the dunk contestant he won, and it was like he had the globe, though, or it's like he had the earth. I think in his hand on a poster, oh, it was so fire. I don't
0: remember that poster.
2: Oh, there
0: we go. I'm just then, telling you. Like, uh, what
2: about? Do you remember the one with the arms, the wingspan? Yeah, that's that, famous. That, that's
0: dope. That was in my high school coach's office. <laughs> it was above his
2: desk. Yeah, man. That's did, a great poster. Did you have a, a favorite? Well, you said that the dunk on you. I'm trying. It's so many. The shrug. So the shrug is great. So when we made. I and mean, then we can't forget Utah. I mean, that to me, that goes without saying. The flu game. Flu game holding the shot at the end. Flu game and holding the shot. Remember the post game I'm not even gonna do it no more. I've been doing y'all enough like that this week. I was gonna say I remember watching that game and then watching post game on C N B C NBA Finals post game used to come on C N B C and I used to watch
0: Was that with Walter
2: Cronkite? (laughs) <laughs> Goodwood, yeah, yeah. I used to watch that post game.
0: That was after you'd watch Mash. Yeah, after right? watched
2: Mash, got a little Matlock in. Mm-hmm.
0: You would you would come home from school and watch the Cosby yep. Show, and am
2: on watch the little Cosbys, and then watch the NBA Finals and get a little post game. You oh see, man, that
0: see? that Finals with George mikin in it. That was fantastic. Yeah, it was
2: great. Oh yeah, and then you watching Kareem in his Will, prime. That guy was something else. Uh, uh, and that Elgin Baylor, uh, this that Will kid. He might yeah. be something. Elgin Baylor was the man. He really, Elgin, yes. Jerry West, the best to never win multiple championships. They should make him the logo. Yeah. I think the NBA think should so do too. that. Adam yeah.
0: Silver, next on the to-do list. I remember
2: seeing Kobe Bryant being born. I was there. <laughs>
0: you were there <laughs> Why were you there? Were you in Philly? Where I was just there? in the hospital at the time. Oh,
2: okay. That's were you, weird. Were you
1: in the room? Were you the uh, one that delivered the baby?
2: No, I I tried because I knew how special he was going to be. I came back from the future. I knew how special he was going to be, so Uh, I tried to.
0: All right, some Terminator stuff for you. (laughs) Yes, we need to protect the baby. (laughs) It's John Connor. It's Kobe Bryant. (laughs) We need to protect him at all costs. Maybe that's why I didn't come to Charlotte. Were you mad at the Hornets for something? And then you told Kobe, hey, don't go to the Hornets even though they're going to draft you? Yeah, yeah. All right. So now we're mad at you. All right. Thank you, everybody, for reminding me about the Charlotte Hornets tickets. We very much appreciate you. And we are going to be giving the tickets away right now. If you are the third caller, so be caller number three, dial 704-570-9610. You will get tickets to the Orlando Magic game this Sunday at the Spectrum Center. Again, Orlando, Spectrum Center, Sunday, dial 704-570-9610. And we'll hand out those tickets in just a little bit. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Dumbass!
2: Here we go, folks. Winding down the show on a Friday. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We got that winner for the Hornets ticket so you can stop calling. Matthew, you got the win. You got the dub. You got the ticket. So you will be going to see... I want to take on Paolo and the crew.
0: Yeah, big shout to Matthew and big shout to everybody else. And I apologize. I know people are texting in saying, "Hey, it's you know my dad's birthday." Sorry to Biggie Smalls. Hey, happy birthday to your dad, by the way. That's great. I know we have some birthdays for some kids out here. We got a lot of people texting in and saying why they wanted some tickets. I don't think we're going to be giving out any tickets today, but we will be doing this frequently throughout the year. And so, as long as you listen, you can catch it, and you can follow us on Twitter at Wes and Walker. And so we'll be uh, making sure that. But we do have some tickets to give out as the season goes on. But big shout to Matthew and everybody else. We appreciate you listening in.
2: Yep. So enjoy the game. And so let's get into it. Panthers, NFC South outlook. Starting things off, Saints are rumored to be the favorite for Derek Carr. Would that make them the favorites to win the NFC South? I say, uh, I'm going to give that an incomplete because we don't know what the rest of the teams are going to do this off season. So I'm going to reserve judgment. But if things stand pat the way they were today and then the Saints got Derek card tomorrow, then yes, I would say they would win the NFC South. But I'm going to hold out judgment until I see what everybody else does. You guys
0: make fun of me, for, okay. which is weird, you know? which is weird for, it, it, you would think it'd be flipped, right? Fiddy gives all the credit in the world to mediocre quarterbacks. I usually hold him back and usually Fitty wants to do do the whole, how many rings do you have conversation. But with Derek Carr, I do think because of the situation the NFC South is in, I do think Derek Carr going to the Saints would probably make them the favorite in this division because you get Derek Carr, you have an offensive line that has talent on it, you get Chris Alave, which I think is a big part of this, right? Like with Michael Thomas, you can't trust him to be healthy anymore. I don't even know how good he is when he is playing. So Michael Thomas isn't your number one, but Alave looks like an absolute beast over there on the outside. Yep. So I do think that with him, Alvin Kamara, you have a Ryan Ramcheck, you have an offensive line that can block for you. And that defense is still respected. I mean, we talked about some of the players when we did our top 10 ranks. We would disagree about some, but I think both of us had Tyron Matthew, both of us had Demario Davis. Both of us had Marshawn Lattimore. Wes, I I did not think as soon as I read this question, I would put the Saints as the favorite. But if they do, right? Yes, you're absolutely right. It depends on what these other teams do. But let's say the other teams don't do anything crazy, splashy like this. Mm -hmm. I think I probably would go with the Saints as the favorite in the NFC South. That's not by a lot. It's not like this insurmountable lead that a team could never catch up to. But yeah, I think I would probably give the benefit of the doubt to Derek Carr because he would pretty clearly be the best quarterback in this division if he comes aboard.
2: Yeah, he's a yeah. moving commodity. We know about all the fourth quarter <laughs> comebacks that he's had. We also know um, just how productive he's been pro bowl caliber quarterback uh, in his career over there in Las Vegas. So I think for any team in this division to acquire a pro bowl caliber quarterback, then I think that that will automatically give them an advantage over a lot of these teams. And so uh, we talk about this now. Sam Darnold is a free agent as of this moment. But if they hey, didn't bring him back, and that's what they had to do, and that's the direction they had to go in, can he lead to the Panthers to an NFC title? I feel like this is so nuanced because. Uh, no, us. bro. Yeah. <laughs> What are the circumstances. <laughs> is I, Sam you know?
0: disagreeing with us about what we can? He doesn't think he can do it himself. Yeah. Even Edgy Sam Darnold doesn't think Sam Darnold could lead the NFC South or lead the Panthers to a division title. No, I don't think he can. And look, I think Sam Darnold played better as the season went on. I I don't want to be disrespectful to him, but also I don't think Sam Darnold is a division winning quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be able to. Yes, I know they got close. Yes, I know they were there at the end of the regular season. At the same time, it's not like Tampa was this phenomenal football team and he had a couple turnovers in that game that really hurt Carolina. Look, the New Orleans Saints game, they won. It was ugly. I'm not going to say it was because of Sam Darnold that they won that game at the end of the regular season. It's just not somebody that I want to put assets towards in order for him to be the QB in a playoff contending year and... If if I'm choosing the quarterback spot, I would rather go after one of these guys in the draft. If it's Bryce Young, if it's C.J. Stroud, whoever could fall at that five spot to make it realistic that you would trade up. And I heard Kyle Bailey talking about this yesterday. Man, like Hendon Hooker is going to be very interesting to see how his injury, how his progress, his workouts, how all of that plays out. Because let's say they do decide to go best player available, draft a non QB at number nine. And you'll have a shot, especially with two second round picks, to use one of them on Hendon Hooker or you know, package it up. I don't know how it's going to play. But, yeah, I'd love to have Hendon Hooker on my team based off of what I saw at Tennessee this past year.
2: Now, we're talking about this. Are the Panthers set up for a rookie to guide them to a division title? If so, which is best suited, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? But before we get to that... Let's hear what Scott Fitterer has to say about what he thinks about this Panthers team and what they can do.
0: We have high expectations. You know, the process hasn't changed. We want to build it on defense first. Mm-hmm. We want to come back, build it on the offensive line. And now we can add pieces to this to be that explosive team that we want to be. You know, we, we can take that next step. Uh, this is a, with, through free agency and the draft. This is our year to make a move. The NFC South is wide open and uh, we're gonna make our run
2: at it. Um. He came through and he said, listen, we're going to make a move. It's wide open for the take. And he is talking big boy talk. So let's go back to the question. I'll ask it again. Are the Panthers set up for a rookie to guide them to a division title? And if so, which is best suited, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? I think we could have included the other two on there, Anthony Richardson and... Oh, I wouldn't have gone for him, though. You would have? And um, Will Levis? Will Levis. Because... Bryce Young could be out of their range, maybe, but let's just stick to the question. CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, well, which one? Well, that,
0: yeah, if you if you go Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, I'm not picking the Panthers. Those guys aren't polished right now. Yeah. They're always going to be drafted as projects, right? Mm-hmm. Like, with either one of these players. With Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, their accuracy is a little more celebrated. Bryce Young's mobility, his ability to make plays in the pocket and outside the pocket. I think that's why you celebrate and maybe expect Bryce young to be that number one overall pick. If Chicago does eventually trade out of that number one overall selection. So it would be those two quarterbacks I do think to choose from. And it's, it's tough to put all those expectations on a rookie QB and maybe I I kind of counteract my point about Sam Darnold because the division is not all that strong, I I would like to go after a young quarterback because of how it projects long-term. I don't think CJ Stroud or Bryce Young come in and immediately win the division because Tampa Bay, they've got some roster problems for sure. Mm -hmm. But if they go after a Derek Carr or a veteran QB, then you're favoring them too, based off the talent that they have. If Atlanta, if this whole Lamar Jackson thing happens, I don't think it will. I think Lamar eventually stays with Baltimore, but if Atlanta gets Lamar, then, Having that guy at QB in this division, yeah, Atlanta immediately becomes the division winner. So for me, I I would just rather go ahead and get the young QB on the roster, given how poorly it's gone, trying to do a quick fix with Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater. And ever since Cam left, we just haven't had a guy we can depend on year in and year out.
2: I think the the neediness for a quarterback and a lot of the teams in the NFC South is going to lead somebody to make a big move. We just talked about Derek Carr being a favorite for the Saints. Uh, obviously, the Falcons aren't going to stand pat if they've been rumored with Lamar Jackson. And then Tampa, who knows what they're going to do with their situation, but I doubt that with them having a playoff roster, no matter what their record was, they're going to try to make some type of moves to get them back into the mix as well. So we're going to see how all these situations play out. Uh, but I'm not sure the Panthers are equipped today for a rookie to guide them to a division title because there's still holes to fill. We talked about it offensively, finding a number two receiver, especially when you're talking about a rookie. You want to insulate them with as many weapons as possible. You need to upgrade a tight end. You need to upgrade a number two receiver uh, as well. And this offensive line could still use a little bit of tooling. If I was to pick which one would be the best suited, I would probably say Bryce Young just because of his pedigree. Coming out of high school, he was highly, highly touted, lived up to the hype at uh, Alabama, won a Heisman Trophy. We know his accuracy and his poise are the two things that make him an elite draft quarterback prospect. And I think those are two things that will carry over well for him in the NFL. He, He stays even pretty much all game. His pocket awareness is phenomenal as well. So if I had to pick which quarterback of the two that I would think would be best suited, I would think it's Bryce Young. And that's why he's talked about as being the number one overall selection.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I like C.J. Stroud as well, if that's the decision they go. But I, I think Bryce Young would be that guy as well. But to your overall point. Just because you drafted QB at number nine, it does not mean, okay, now I feel great about winning the division right? because there are a couple of other things that you need to take care of. And we've talked about some of the needs defensively, but even offensively, with the environment being a lot better for a young QB to be successful, you still need to know what you have opposite of DJ Moore. And we, we don't right now. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, that was a nice tandem for really one year. And that was about it. Terrace Marshall, I have hope for. I still believe in his talent. I'm hoping that he can stay healthy through the off season. I'm hoping we don't have any of these. Yeah. Terrace went down. We're going to hold him out a couple of weeks and then see how he is, you know, through the first preseason game. And then maybe he can come back the second. That's going to really hurt. you need all the reps you can get with presumably a new QB. And we already know the health problems that he's experienced. So hopefully you figure out that position. I don't know what they're going to do at tight end. Do you just ride it out with Tommy tremble? Ian Thomas, we've seen enough from him, I think, to the point where we can't rely on him as being that pass catcher. And offensively, I'll I'll continue to talk about Austin Corbett's injury. Just how ready is that guard spot going to be? What do you do in free agency? So, yeah, there are a couple things you got to shore up along with fixing the QB spot before you can feel real good about winning the NFC South. Do you have a couple of text messages? 704 980 9, number wrote in. Baker could not get the ball past the line without it getting swatted down. How is Young going to do it? There have been some studies about young or short QBs and how it's it's not necessarily led to an overall increase in passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. Now maybe there is some nuance there as far as how much those short QBs were staying in the pocket. I, I worry much more about the body holding up than I do passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. I don't know if you share that same concern more so, but that that's the biggest question for me with Bryce. It's about the body.
2: Well, last time I checked, Alabama has mammoth offensive linemen, and mm-hmm. many of them, pretty much all of them, play in the pros. And I would say I didn't watch a lot of games where I saw Bryce Young getting a lot of passes batted down. I think Bryce Young, when you look at his story and his background, and yeah, I know the NFL players and a lot of them have great pedigree. But when you look at Bryce Young's story, this kid was bred to be an elite quarterback. He knows the nuances of the position. He knows the limitations he may have from a hype perspective and he knows what to do then he showed you that at alabama so i think if he can get the ball over the alabama offensive line and, and get it over those sec defensive linemen and people you know act like our gods that i think that he'll be uh just fine wolfpack
0: james wrote in go get me stroud another receiver and another edge rusher and we'll be in the playoffs next year what do you think about that text from wolfpack james
2: mm, I don't lofty I think it's lofty because, like I said, it's just so hard to tell right now because rosters aren't finalized.
0: How would you like this draft plan from Big Cat Dan? Uh, if we don't go up to get Stroud, take Miles Murphy at nine, and then either come back up in the first round or high second and take Hendon Hooker. And maybe he falls even further than that, but the overall spirit of the question, Miles Murphy, Hendon Hooker, how would you like those two picks a part of your draft class?
2: I'm... Um, um, <sighs> I'm not that high on, on Miles Murphy. I was after his freshman season, but just the more I watched him, he played with um, great talent at Clemson. And I just expected the the sack numbers to be a little bit robust, especially from uh, what he showed you early on in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he's pretty much universally regarded as a, um, a top 10 pick, and he has been for quite some time, uh, but not being able to reach uh, Double-digit sacks in his career, especially playing with the talent that he played with at Clemson. That's a little bit alarming to me. I mean, six and a half last year, eight the year before that, and in his freshman year, you know, four four sacks. I'd like to see more from the guy I'm going to take in the top 10.
0: Yeah, Paul writes in, Bryce Young will be the modern-day RG3. Don't do it. Short QBs in the NFL have short what? shelf lives. He's not, not even
2: yeah, comparable, comparable to RG3.
0: No, he's not. He's definitely not. And and I think with Bryce Young, you've got to protect him for sure, but he's not running like RG3, and, and RG3 was even taller than that, to be honest with you. So, and if yeah,
2: RG3 I, doesn't tear his knee, I, I, who knows where his career could have ended up. Well, that know? was always the problem, right? He would He would just – I mean, God, the but he had that first, yeah, that first one when he hit his knee on Haloti yeah. Nata. That was the one that kind of set it off.
0: Yeah, I, that that is the worry about Bryce Young, right? Like, what what else is the worry with Bryce compared to CJ outside of size? Is there anything else? No, because if if C, if Bryce Young was six two, that'd even have to be as tall as CJ Stroud. Let's say six one, right? And has, you know, 10 pounds on him. I I know they're trying to get him up to like 210 or something, which is actually quite a bit of of weight that he would have to add. He's definitely a small guy. There's no doubt. But I just I can't talk myself out of drafting Bryce Young because of the size. If the talent is so much there, like, can you imagine how much you'd be kicking yourself if Bryce Young goes to the NFL and just wreaks havoc and you didn't draft him because he was short, but you still thought he was a talented player. I know the reverse is if you draft him and then he gets injured, but I can live with that a lot more. Right. Like I can live with him, man. Okay. He got injured. You know what? I, I took what I thought was the best player available. And if he doesn't get injured, cool. I just have a harder time living with myself as a decision maker if you don't draft him only because of the size, and then he goes out there and then wreaks havoc.
2: And also, folks, for one, like we said, Bryce Young is not – a scrambler in the sense that he's going to run and try to run over guys. You're talking about Josh Allen that's throwing his shoulder in the guys and taking big hits. Bryce Young's a smart football player, but as far as he plays in the pocket first, and we know that you can barely lay a hand on the quarterback uh, without getting a penalty. So I think that bodes well for him and his health when he enters into the league.
0: Um, 704 number said, I would have to see Bryce Young's script before drafting it. So.
2: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good a great one. point.
0: It's a great point. Yeah, you got to see his script. Yeah, make sure you look at it everything looks to be in order and then you can take that selection it's probably the best quote tweet thread of all time oh man it was it's
2: phenomenal they had so many good
0: ones i've never seen one better Ever that quote tweet the one, thread, the best of I sent you
2: guys a couple of them the one they said about Deshaun Watson oh. and the one about uh, Kyle Shanahan and the quarterbacks and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> There's a lot. Can you imagine? I don't see. I don't think I've, I saw anybody mention this one, but the Seahawks script the year they lost the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Oh, do you even suit up that year? Like I don't care. All right, you don't, you don't even. If suit that's up. how it's going to end. No interception. You want your boycott, Wes? That's my boycott. Yeah, I'm speaking <laughs> out against the NFL and I'm saying I'm not about to lose on the one yard.
2: Yeah, that would be really, really bad. I mean, there's been some things that you would love to know. uh, I love to see the reactions if it indeed was a script.
0: Oh, yeah, it would be brutal. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text us. As we're about to end the show, we got some better moments here. But, uh, yeah, you can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line before the show actually ends here today.
2: And let's go. Let's get that uh, last Fitty Flash of the day. Fitty, what you got, baby? Well, speaking of the NFL, guys, the NFL
1: has released its concussion data ahead of Super Bowl 57. And they report that their 149 concussions suffered during the 2022 season up 18 percent from the prior year how worrisome is this is this more a result of the players playing on short weeks with thursday night football plus with an extended schedule how they play 17 games as opposed to 16.
0: yeah honestly not with having done any research on exactly why the concussions are up it is troubling and of course the nfl this this is what the nfl needs to do They need to make it very visible that you're doing everything you can this offseason to figure out why this happened, if it's just an outlier, or if there was a reason because you added an extra game to the schedule and that's why you had more concussions. Ultimately, it's going to be hard to make an unsafe sport safe, and we're going to have concussions that are going to be a problem with all of this, but the increase you need to keep it as down as possible and the fact that it's going the exact wrong way just show us that you're actually trying to care because there's a lot of people that are skeptical of that theory anyway
2: yeah it's just very very difficult as you said it's hard to make a unsafe sport safe so um that is very alarming to see those numbers but when you just talk about how big and fast and strong these guys are this is no secret to anybody It's just going to be next to impossible. They may have some years that are ebbs and flows, but it's just going to be hard for them to keep it out of the game at an alarming rate. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's going to be really hard, but hopefully the NFL can actually put some research forth to it even more so and just figure out if this was an outlier or if there's a real reason as to why this happened.
2: Yeah. Well, when we come back, folks, my Black History Sports hero or heroes of the day and what's on tap for this weekend, the best of that when we come back. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 927 FM, WFNZ.
0: Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you listening to this show today. We have Marvin Williams on the website soon. We're going to put it up there, WFNZ.com. Awesome to talk with Marvin, but we were all pretty geeked when we found out we were going to get Marvin today because he is such a good guy to talk to. Talking North Carolina Duke this weekend. He, we got to ask him about whether the end goal for him eventually is going to be coaching he, he gave a very emphatic answer. You can go check it out once we put that interview on the website. But he did have some great insight, too, about his game-winning field goal in 2005. So awesome to hear him talk about that. And we'll put some of the best hours of Wes and Walker on the website a little bit later on as well. Time now, though, to get to the Black History Sports Hero of
2: the Day. What you got for us today, Wes? All right. Today we're going to talk about a colored hockey league of the Maritimes. The Colored Hockey League of the Maritimes was founded in Halifax in 1895, an all-black men's hockey league. During its peak, the league roster, hundreds of players and iced more than 12 teams. Listen, when you talk about blacks in hockey, you hear the same thing that you hear in other sports. They said there were some bizarre theories that embraced and espoused with respect to blacks having weak ankles, uh, saying that blacks had aversions to the cold, they didn't have the intelligence or the skills to not only play to ga- play the game, but to organize the game. And so that was the way blacks were thought of. But the CHLM was not having any of that, founded by Pastor James Borden, James A.R. Kenney, and James Robinson-Johnston, alongside Henry Sylvester Williams, Each founder was an intellectual. They started this league, and this league has been credited among the first to use the slap shot and its goalies dropping their knees to make a save the butterfly technique. Fast, physical, and innovative were how newspapers reported on this league and talked about its style of play. The teams were outdrawing their white senior league teams. Uh, The white teams were drawing between 300 and 500 people. The teams within the colored hockey league were drawing between 1,200 and 1,500 fans to a league that focused on faith and community. The league folded in 1911 and was temporarily revived in 1925 before closing down during the 30s. It was doomed by a proposed expanded rail service to Halifax in 1906. Black community members, including league organizer, Johnston, who I talked about, attempted to stop the annexation of the land. Court battles led to political battles, which led to businesses taking the government's side. But the Ottawa Senators most recently invited descendants of CHLM players to participate in an honorary puck drop alongside Willie O'Ree, who was the first NHL player uh, of Africa, that is a the first Black NHL player. You'll be hearing about him uh, a, a little later on, as I'll give him a section to himself. But the Senators hosted a commemorative game, also uh, honoring the CHLM. Dawson is thrilled, or they were thrilled, that uh, these teams are being remembered. But NHL teams still not doing quite enough. To recognize uh, this fantastic league from back in the day. Like I said, very innovative. They had a lot of uh, innovations that I talked about that were uh, taken by a lot of the, um, you know, the white leagues and the players. And a lot of these things are still used today. We hear about slap shots all the time and the butterfly technique by goalie. So this was a really cool thing. Uh, and something that I found out about just like a couple of years ago.
0: There you go. You cannot keep Wes away from the hockey analysis. Bringing it to you <laughs> once again. Are the Car- uh, Carolina Hurricanes on tap tonight? Are they playing? Do we have any clue? Because I know the Tar Heels and the Duke Blue Devils will be playing this weekend. That because they that could be option A. Well, it's All-Star Weekend in town. the NHL, so there are no gang. <laughs> I had no clue. Goodness gracious, it's a problem. <laughs> all right, let's go to the week that was. Wes had the platform. We passed the baton off to Fitty. Fitty, what you got for us today in the week that was on Wes and Walker?
1: Well, Walker, we go back to earlier in the week when you and I were, we were having a general discussion about Sam Darnold and other quarterbacks and when you tried to call me out for a correct take I hold an insult right back at you. Fitty you know what
0: I'm going to remind you of though. We tried to have this conversation and ask who had a better performance between C.J. Stroud against Georgia and Sam Darnold against the Saints and you tried to tell me who won the football game and now you want C.J. Stroud Hey I'm just saying winning (laughs) winning matters uh, turd We're not going to start that We're not going to start all that so you just liked the turd soundbite? That belongs in the week that was? Honestly, I'm just glad you played your awful take about C.J. Stroud playing better or playing worse than Sam Darnold, despite Sam Um
1: Looking awful out there with 50 yards. All right, what's the next one? I mean, you were really taken aback by me calling you a turd, though. Like, it seemed like that one really, really hurt you. It did. I lose sleep at night, and
0: I'm still getting bothered as we move into the weekend. I hope I'm able to get over it. I'm trying to now, but you won't let me. All right, what's the next soundbite you got?
1: Uh, A little bit more of me... Coming in from the week that was We go Of course it's more of you right? <laughs> We need more fitty on this show That's I what we agree um, Mac Brown decided to complain about an unfair schedule That isn't really all that unfair And that resulted with me going to the foul line Yeah, now this is a flagrant two foul Because this should get his ass out of Chapel Hill And firmly Whoa. in a uh, retirement home ASAP Because this is weak sauce, man You're, you're a power five coach And all you have done for the last two years is cry and complain and whine about the attention that your team got leading up to the season where you said, nah, well, we're overrated. Well, get your ass to work and coach your kids harder to make them worthy of all the hype they got going in as a preseason top 10 team. And then this year, I mean, when everything was falling apart at the end of the stretch, it was just excuse after excuse after excuse. And then here we are. You're, you're, you're introducing a new defensive back coach, which we're really excited about in Chapel Hill. They got an upgrade over Dre Bly, even though that wasn't hard to do. And you go on this, this little two-minute rant about, well, they didn't do us any favors, and it's really, really hard. You've got the second-best quarterback in the country. <laughs> I don't want to hear how hard it is. Instead of projecting all this positivity and that we think we got a chance to compete, you basically just told your players, we don't got a chance to win. (laughs) I stand by what I said.
0: It's an angry fitty. The whole take. Angry. All across the board. All right, what other sound you got?
1: All right, now we go back to yesterday's fire or fizzle. And it wasn't as biblical as the one the week before about superhero (laughs) movies, but... West did introduce a new word to you, and you really, really enjoyed it. I love it.
0: Speaking of the GOAT, speaking of Michael Jordan... He once released a press conference statement saying, I'm back. And then he retired again, and then yeah. he came back, and then he retired again. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about with MJ. He might hear you because he's listening here in the city of <laughs> Charlotte. Are you going to call him fire or fizzle?
2: There's a lot of a lot of layers to this retirement. I never forget the morning of the first retirement. I'm getting up to get ready for school. My mom tells me to come in there and look at the news because MJ's retiring. I'm shocked. Then he unretired, came back, got three more blingies. I love that. Retired again. I love blingies. I'm sorry. We played a little baseball, did a couple things, lived out some childhood dreams. Then he came back at 40 and played for the Washington Wizards and gave the Hornets that work. He showed you that a 40-year-old could still get it done. And a lot of people like to dismiss it, but still the average 20 again. Now, LeBron has redefined what it means to play around that age. Not 40 yet, but still 39. <laughs> But when it comes to Michael Jordan's retirement, unretirement, retirement, then unretirement, and then retirement again, it is straight fire! I spent too much money on his shoes to have a disrespect
0: and we realized just how much money you spent on on his shoes when you said you had the first 13 iterations of Air Jordans that's correct
2: yeah 13 said- 16 total and then multiple <laughs> versions of certain ones i mean that's i mean it's a lot i probably had 9 10 11 pairs of ones like it's
0: <laughs> the, face, the face says it all It's an audible medium You couldn't see it But the face says it all A little shame in the game But it looks fantastic on you No, no shame No shame in the game But it looked fantastic on you That's why yeah, we call man, you the swag yeah, lord Yeah Alright, that'll do it for West and Walker We're we not picking the game? We are What is your, rec- what is, uh, your prediction for the game? Heals by 90 Okay, no, that's a thank you Shire for stopping.
1: retires after the game.
0: Okay, thank you for stopping us transitioning to say that you picked the Heels by 90 points to win. What do you think, Wes? I'm
2: going to go, uh, Carolina on the bounce back. Okay. I think they're going to come back after that loss and, and get the dub on the road. If
1: I, we lose, I'm going to hate you forever. Uh, that's fine. You're going to hate everything if, forever. If... if If I have
0: that
2: much influence, I'm going to pick them to win every
0: game. Uh, 100%. I picked Carolina to win as well by 9, not 90. Let's give a little bit more realistic number. All right, Kyle Bailey coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
2: Keels forces up a 3. No. Rebound.
0: Davis. Two seconds. One second. Ding dong. Duke is done. Carolina is gonna go to the national championship. Duke season is over.